When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Dubrin. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news. And politics, which I would guess, according to Google Trends, is probably something like, did Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn break up? Are we particularly I invested? I definitely did. Okay. I feel like you're right, but I'm like weirdly in denial, even though I'm like not that invested. I don't know. It's just, why couldn't she make it work? I Every, I, every time I see Joe Alwyn in something, I'm like, is he hot or is he just like what? Like I have that conflict with, you know? More than any other Taylor X. So maybe. But it's what not is it? Is he hot or is he just what? Like, is he tall is or he is just he just like white? <laughs> no. <laughs> I no, was like, gonna, he's just like very. Um, like plain He looks like an me. AI created exactly. Northern European person. Exactly. Like, is he hot or is he just like. Blonde hair, blue. Blonde hair, blue eyed, like white. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is he actually does it? Cause yeah, when I was watching, um, what is it? Friends conversation with friends or something, mm. whatever the fuck that shit is. I'm just like, Oh, it's just giving like, like Paul Mescal had yeah. that little, you know, edge, you know what I'm saying? And this guy's just, he's not even, I mean, Paul Mescal had a, in normal people, he was wearing a gold chain. Joe mm-hmm. Alwyn ain't wearing a gold no. chain. You know what, you know I'm what saying? it is probably because normally I think it's sort of like a cliche that, um, it's tough to be an attractive blonde-haired male with light eyes. It can really go either way. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just look like a man-child who's just really ruddy all the time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you get like a Joe Alwyn, and I think that's what makes him so attractive. And I think it's also that they look quite similar. Yeah, he and Taylor do. I think so. Yeah, they definitely have that like, are they dating or are they siblings thing. He's definitely one of those people who I recognize as like, this is a handsome person, but it just, like Millie was saying, it did, it did nothing for me. That's not mm-hmm. your twist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't have what I'm. Throw out what a gold I'm looking chain for. or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <He> yeah. <laughs> Millie and I just spent about literally two hours talking about how sexy the movie Love and Basketball is. So uh, forgive us if we're a little thirsty this episode. <laughs> I do wonder, I mean, it seems like it was like a pretty amicable breakup based on the reports. I obviously am excited for whatever forthcoming album comes from this, uh, like her mature Mm -hmm. breakup that's not like dramatic or whatever. Um, And I guess with this, it does mean that Taylor Swift will never return to Cornelia Street again. There she it will is. Never walk Cornelia Street again. Never. That is the real takeaway. Yeah, she vowed. She vowed solemnly on her first. album to never return to Cornelia Street were they to break up. They have broken up, so I guess the Thank one. Thank you place- for explaining that to me because I. <laughs> it's a lyric. It's it's a lyric uh, okay. that she will uh, in the song Cornelia Street. And um, yeah, so I guess if you ever want to go somewhere where you know Taylor Swift will not be, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. go to Cornelia Street. She will not be there. Won't be there. That's one place (laughs) that you will not find her. I appreciate that. Let me tell you, we go somewhere. uh, That's my biggest beef with my exes. You're not allowed anywhere. As soon as we break up, if I see you in Bushwick, 
mm-hmm. I'm killing you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not allowed anywhere where I took you, so oh, you dude. better not. NYPD starts investigating a string of murders in Bushwick <laughs> at various yeah, like dive bars. Every- Every guy who looks like Snap, Crackle, and Pop. <laughs> yes, mass, ma- mass, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, All right. In, in lighter news, the Tennessee legislature. So, you know, we don't have too many meaningful updates on this. We really went in about this on, a, on Thursday's episode in terms of what this means and how horrible this is. But after we recorded, the Tennessee legislature did indeed go ahead and expel two of the three members accused of violating House rules and decorum. They overwhelmingly voted to oust Democrats Justin Jones and Justin J. Pearson, with every Republican but one voting to expel them. I saw a lot of like, here's the one guy that did it. And I was like, I'm not going to. He'll be fine. I don't need to celebrate him. I'm sure he's done a lot of weird stuff. Uh, Representative Gloria Johnson, however, she did survive her vote and it wasn't lost on her why. She said to, you know, a lot of reporters who asked her, why do you think that you were not expelled? And she said, because, you know, I'm a six year old white woman. These are two young black men. And she did, you know, sort of specify in terms of like the way that she saw respectability politics play out in the way that they were kind of addressed even uh, before they were expelled. It was really icky and gross to watch how these like old white men just spoke down with such like disdain to these lawmakers who have the same job, who earned the same position. Um, and, you know, it, you know, came down to technicalities. It's like, well, Gloria technically wasn't holding the bullhorn. She didn't touch the, like, she didn't touch the stand. It's like, that's not really what that, that's not your real problem with what they did. No. And like, it's, it's so interesting to contrast because it was Justin Jones who had like the very viral speech. There are two Justins involved. So like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no Justins, no peace. <laughs> Honestly, very uh, Gen Gen Z millennial like. <laughs> yeah, there are there are two Justins, but I believe it was Justin Jones who had this Justin like Jones, yes. very impassioned, very like moving speech that he gave before the expulsion where he's like, let's talk about what this expulsion actually is. I know it's up on the Betcha Sup's Instagram. If anyone wants to just go over there, you can see it. It's worth it. But it was so interesting to contrast that with this like this crocodile tears, fake aggrieved bullshit from his colleagues who are like, you had a bullhorn and you were yelling and you messed with the business of this legislature and that's why you're really here and it's just like as a human person to hear sincerity versus just complete bullshit stand up right next to each other I felt like the difference was really really stark and I think it's really important that Johnson has been so vocal about why she thinks she stayed and what she personally saw. And like, that is an example of how a white person who's benefiting from their privilege can call it out and like be still be an ally to the people who were expelled. So I think it's like really important to see that from her. And then also just the way that, both of the Justins have spoken so eloquently to the truth about what is going on here. Like I, at one point mm-hmm. they were saying like you, the the speaker didn't allow you to speak and you spoke anyway. And one of the Justins was like, the speaker isn't the person who sent me here to speak. My constituents are the ones who yeah. sent me here to speak. The, I'm, I'm speaking with their voice And I don't need your fucking permission to talk about gun violence in this chamber. And it was it was very powerful. And I like we said on Thursday, I think this is going to backfire spectacularly for them in several ways. But it is still really gross and sad to see it actually come to this place. I think for me, well, first of all, I just have to acknowledge that only on Betcha's Sup will we talk about Taylor Swift's breakup and say, in lighter, in lighter news, news. <laughs> there's been of democracy in Tennessee. <laughs> and that is what I love about women I mean, this in is a cute little wink. I was obviously kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I know, much I know, more devastating. Also like, listen, yeah, listen, the Justins and their elected positions will get back together. Taylor Justins and Joe, and Joe's. The Justins will get back. Joey's mm-hmm. Joe's, we don't know. No, we um, don't know. But I will say, yes, Justin Jones, like again, 
People were one of my I think that we talked a lot about the lead up and the implications, but I think the big major points of conversation were the contradiction between Pearson and Jones's speeches versus the bullshit ass speeches. Like those were really the point of conversation. So even though we we ca- we talked about that, yeah. I still feel like there's so much that was said that they did. First of all, Justin Jones, I'm like, is he a spoken word artist? Like, because <laughs> he's he spoke so with this like cadence of it. It felt like a performance. And there were genuinely way. times where I was like. Is Cameron Sexton a, a DNC plant? Because way the, the the Tennessee GOP has done a better job creating political rock stars in the Democratic Party than the DNC has for a decade. Like way to pick the most charismatic fucking person to to have this to then have all of this appreciation. I don't know. I'm just like yeah. yeah like now I know about this really cool yeah. guy. Like I would have never known about local Tennessee politicians, and now I'm like, what can I do to support him? And even like again. Again, it's this he in his speech so much that stood out to me it's it's like this thing you know and again like always tying it back to angel reese but it's like you are not above me we are equals which is what i you know my, my constituents brought me here but also we're equals i don't need your permission and you want me to be grateful for something that i worked really hard in earning and i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna you know and like that attitude is so revolutionary cool exemplary exemplary of this generation that's not going to stand up for it and again like gloria johnson speaking but both pierce uh, gloria johnson just being very clear and being like i'm you know it's because i'm a white lady you know what i mean like that again is so it's so important we don't need like I think in some in some ways people view allyship of like Gloria Johnson giving up her position and that would have been nice but even just acknowledging hey I got this because I'm a white lady and they're not and and that is enough you know and um Pearson both Pearson and Jones I think a a bigger conversation was like you can copy and paste Pearson and Jones like if somebody filterized it and like told you that this was happening in the 60s or in the, you know, or in the, you know, a long time ago and not in 2023, people would believe it. And that's like, that was also another conversation was like the way that they're speaking, the things that they're battling, it just is clearly timeless. (laughs) Yeah. It's so bizarre. Like I was thinking like imagining the political future of either of them and what a what a story it is and you hear how so many like older black politicians got their start from something extremely oppressive that happened to them like at a sit-in or being like removed by police places and it's like it is actually insane that in 2023 it's still possible to have those origin stories in the United States that like if these guys stay in politics, it's like, yeah, I was fucking ejected from the Tennessee legislature. But at least, at least, I mean, I saw a huge response. It became a national story as we predicted. I mean, I saw the most overwhelming, like the question a lot of people asked us, and I'm getting this a lot, especially with the Mifepristone case we're going to talk about is like, what do we do? How is this possible? And unfortunately, the answers are like, like we said on Thursday, it's like short of getting rid of the special elections to reappoint these people, like this is how it works. There isn't anything we can do. Yeah, I I think it's really interesting, like, both um, Justin Jones and Pearson, pretty, I think both of them explicitly, like, talked about that, the John Lewis good trouble idea, and I think that is what both of them were pulling from as they were speaking on this issue. I think they very clearly, obviously, recognized what was going to happen to them and what this moment actually meant, and um it did feel like a part of that tradition of Southern black, like political activists having to face a very obviously oppressive situation and speak to it and speak to it with eloquence. And it's unfortunate that that's what's like asked of our black activists, but both of them rose to the occasion in such an amazing way and it does seem like now they they've gotten a bunch of donations to potentially run again in this special election so i guess one thing you could do is 
give money to their potential special election run. And then there are the city councils are meeting today and the city councils could straight up just reappoint them to the seat in an interim position. But the special election would still have to happen and they would still have to win the special election to keep the seat 100 percent. Oh, there's no way they're not winning. And also, and this is like, a taxpayer expense to do this over Exactly. Again. But Republicans don't care about... They want to talk about debt ceiling when it comes time to give people health care and Social Security, but wasting government fucking money on doing stupid-ass stunts like this, they don't give a shit don't about Don't worry. We have another aside here about uh, Tennessee Republicans wasting, wasting government money related well, to this. One last thing, too, that I want to say is that... Um, You know, with Justin Jones and I think Pearson, like both having an activism background, I like I think that people think and, you know, it's a it's a view I have personally of like, oh, well, some people belong in government and some people are better as activists and some people. But this just really shows like when you have people who've actually have done activism, like like nonviolent activism and like have participated in that and stuff like those do those things do translate and there is a benefit to, you know, having somebody, it's not about being the most milquetoast middle of the road person. It's also like these people, you know, they were able to rise to the occasion, like Elise said. And I feel like a lot of that Mm -hmm. has to do with their activism background has to do with the fact that, you know, Justin Jones was in a sit-in and all of that, you know? Um, And that was just something that's reminding me now of like, there are so many young people, you know, you want to know what to do and, and you're not sure and stuff. And it's just like those skills and the, that passion you have can translate. And like, I think that people criticize a lot of like, you can't change things from the inside and all this stuff. And it's like, you know what? Maybe you can't, but you're going to fucking yeah. destroy it. Maybe it's your job, you know, because now everyone's really interested and engaged on like local Tennessee politics. And like, what are, what are the infrastructures that these people like defied and all of that, you know? So in that way, I, it was just inspiring that of like, wow, everybody should run, you know, it shouldn't yeah. just be these, you know, people who are electable or agreeable or anything. Yeah. And I think, you know, most people who probably got expelled and then had national fanfare in their favor probably would run again. But I don't think we should take for granted that anybody would. This has happened to people probably before, like when they lose or where they just be like, I'm I'm done. But like, it does take an activist to sort of like, you know, a politician might just like give up, but it does take an activist to like go back, have to work with these people again. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. The newsletter Popular Information, so they did some digging around into Cameron Sexton. He is the Tennessee Speaker of the House who kind of helped make sure all of this happened. This is interesting. They found that at the end of last year, Sexton appeared to move out of the district he represents, potentially violating the Tennessee Constitution's mandate that each district be represented by a qualified voter in that district. So this guy lived in a big house with his family. He sold it and then bought like a small two-bedroom condo in a retirement community that neighbors aren't really sure he lives in because his kid goes to a private school in Nashville, which is two hours away from his district. Neighbors say they like don't really see him there. They're just not convinced that he lives. I think it's called in Crossville. He, if he doesn't live in that district, if he really lives in Nashville where his kid is in school, uh, he should not be representing that district. He should have to run in the one where he and his family live. That's what the that's what the code says. But he would not win that district. That district is heavily Democratic. 
Also, Sexton gets a greater taxpayer per diem from claiming to live farther away from Nashville because that's where the lawmakers, that's the location where they come together to have their sessions. So during the 2020 legislative session alone, he billed taxpayers up to, uh, he he billed them $19,000. So he hasn't answered any questions about where he lives. He kind of demurs on it. So just just throwing out there that as the you know leader of this chamber, make sure that two black men were thrown out and have to claw their way back in at taxpayer expense. This man potentially is too scared to run in the district that he actually lives in, uh, Isn't can't be bothered to improve the schools where he actually lives in and has to send his kids to a private school in Nashville. I mean, I guess Democrat-run cities aren't that bad. I mean, look at that. Look, look at, at that. that. And it's like, would this have even been uncovered if he no. had not spearheaded this entire uh, – like false, you know, expulsion situation. No. So I really hope he is found to not live where he says he lives. And, you know, again, Streisand effect. I hope this really bites him in the ass Mm -hmm. as far as like if his reputation is harmed as a result of this. I mean, who knows? Maybe he could even lose in the district he pretends to live in because he's found to be a silly, uns- as <laughs> as a succession Logan Roy would say, he's not, not a serious person. Yes. So. <laughs> and it's just like, goes to show you, mind your own fucking business and mm-hmm. make sure your yes. house is clean before you start talking shit about other people. Make sure your house is in your district exactly. before you throw stones. <laughs> make sure your your two-bedroom condo is in your district. Exactly. And like, I mean, just goes to show the arrogance, though. The arrogance that he didn't think he would get caught and he wants to make other people's lives hell and he don't even live where he's supposed to be living and driving two hours away like he's in fucking teen mom. <laughs> uh, is anyone else watching the Macy book out, Ryan? Uh, Just you. On- okay, never mind. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that's uh, ridiculous. I would love some answers. I would love some answers on that. Speaking Another- of teen moms. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of teen moms, indeed, another really alarming story that broke late last week has to do with the status of mifepristone in the United States. This is one of the pills used in medication abortion. As a reminder, you can end a pregnancy with misoprostol only, but it is slightly less effective and has more side effects. You know, I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of the groups that we talk to and work with, don't forget to remind people that if they need to end a pregnancy with medication, they still can. But of course, I think it bears repeating that it will be harder and literally more painful as a result, if this happens. And you can't just not say that. Mm. This is happening because, or could happen, because a conservative Christian legal advocacy group led the charge to ask a Trump-appointed far-right judge named Matthew Kazmark in Texas to reverse the FDA's approval of Mifepristone. If you don't know, basically they like got this religious group, this conservative group is representing these like, you know, fake medical groups or just like Christian anti-abortion doctors who say that the pill should not have, the FDA shouldn't have approved mifepristone. They set up shops specifically in this area of Texas where, you know, normally uh, you file a lawsuit and, you know, goes to whatever judge, you know, you roll the dice on that day. But this one just has this one guy who is famously anti-abortion. So they made sure that this would happen. It's unprecedented in so many ways. And he did indeed rule that uh, the FDA's approval of mifepristone should not have happened. There is absolutely no legitimate reason to reverse this approval. Uh, You've heard it before, but we'll repeat it that mifepristone is safer than Tylenol, safer than penicillin, safer than Viagra. Mm -hmm. The judge said that his ruling would take effect in one week, at which point, if there's no injunction, 64 million women of childbearing age in the U.S. could lose access to the most common form of pregnancy termination, I believe. Um, And I think since Dobbs, 54% 54, 54% of pregnancies are ended with medication proportion, abortion. It's also definitely by far the most popular, uh, most common and preferred before 10 weeks. The ruling would apply nationwide, not just you know your anti-abortion states, and manufacturers would be required to pull the drug from the market. Once existing supply ran out of – once existing supply ran out of pharmacies or telehealth clinics or wherever they were stockpiled, the only options would be surgical abortion or misoprostol only. Is this going to happen and when? What's going to happen in the next week is that the Department of Justice heard, you know, okay, you have a week to respond, and they did immediately appeal to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a scary one. That one is not very friendly to human rights, so they not sure what's going to happen there. They could bring it all the way up to the Supreme Court. Um, there's another factor here. That's what they want. That's why they did all of this. There's another factor here 
This is really kind of complicated, and, and you'll, you're going to start seeing more answers about this this week. Knowing that Kazimark would likely rule this way, the Democratic Washington Attorney General, this guy named Bob Ferguson, sued the federal government to ensure adequate access to the drug and basically demand that the FDA put fewer restrictions uh, on it. He got 16 other states in the District of Columbia to sign on to that. Uh, a quote he said on Friday was, I could not leave the fate of women's reproductive rights in Washington in the hands of a single judge in Texas appointed by Donald Trump, whose views on reproductive freedom are well known and unfortunate. So that went to a federally appointed Obama judge who ordered the FDA to preserve the status quo and retain access to the medication in those 70, 17 states. So those attorneys general were like, hey, can you do this in like all the states? And it, they were like, no, just the 17 that said that they wanted this. So what what does that actually mean for accessibility? I mean, I'm curious your thoughts, what you guys have read, what you think. Legal experts I've seen have offered kind of a range here. Some say that the Texas judge just does not have this authority and the FDA can just ignore it no matter what. Some say that the Texas judge, uh, some say that the Washington opinion is lets the FDA just sort of decide which one makes more sense to enforce. And obviously keeping things the way they are, not depriving access makes most sense, but that would still just be in the 17 states. And what happens What happens after a week? Unfortunately, I don't think we have anybody has very clear answers of what's going to happen starting on Friday. And confusion itself is a huge barrier to, you know, what pharmacies do, what doctors do, um, what, what people do if they're mm-hmm. not sure. And ultimately, like having a have like following through with a pregnancy that you you don't want is a very dramatic like t- more people will likely do that whether or not uh they have access just because it's so unclear at this point so really an a, really a nightmare situation well yes and i do think that like the confusion is part of the point yeah. um because uh, actually this american life did a really good episode that came out today about women who have been seeking abortions in the nine months since the Dobbs ruling that really goes in a lot about how much this kind of confusion, the delays, like how much that changes a woman's outlook, what's available to her. Again, there are women in states that have six week bans, 15 week bans, all of these. So like women are up against a time crunch in a lot of places where if, the ruling is confusing. Pharmacies don't know whether or not to stock it. She has to go shop around. She has to go to one of these 17 states where it's protected. Like all of that is designed to run out the clock on places where these like week long bans are put into place. All of that is designed to frighten women, confuse them, confuse their partners, confuse anyone who might be trying to help them. Um, The, fact that they are going after the pill that makes it less painful of an experience is, I think, really, really disturbing to me. Again, I've been open on this podcast about the fact that I chose medication abortion for myself, and it was very painful with both of the pills. I I was shocked by how painful the actual experience was. I also know that if that option had not been available to me, the entire situation would have been a lot more traumatic. Like the surgical procedure just for myself and my own medical history was something that would have really scared me and made it a lot worse. Other people feel different. Like the point is to have the choice of which very, very, very safe procedure works for you in your life. So it is like very disturbing to me that women are going to be forced either to have like a surgical procedure that traumatizes them or to go through a medication abortion without extra help for the pain, which is really like it is still painful either way. And all of it is just designed to confuse women, to scare women. In this this American Life episode, they were talking about how because of all this stuff, we're now seeing a lot more second trimester abortions, mm. which are a lot more difficult, re- a lot harder to manage at home. A lot more stuff can go wrong because there's just more tissue there that needs to be expelled. With medication abortion itself, it's really only recommended before 10 weeks. So they're trying to push women up to these lines so that they don't have these options. Even in the 
pre-Dobbs ruling, we talked about how there were all these like trap laws that tried to make it as hard as possible for women to access abortion. This is that same playbook on the same on a on a larger scale. It's to scare women, it's to confuse them, it's to limit their options, it's to run the clock out on them, to back them into a corner, all of that. And it's also like when you're when you're a woman again confusing, you're like, oh well, they're debating if it's safe by the FDA. Like yeah, as a woman yeah. who's not like really, really closely reading the news, you're like, well, should I take this? Am I gonna die? You know? And um I, you know, I know personally people in my lives and my friends' lives, you know, like who weren't ready to have a kid at all. But they're in a state where it's not clear and, it's, you know, and they they were dealing with the stress and they just had it because they couldn't find the resources. And now the the kid's life is really, really difficult. Yeah, I think it's easy of- to think that, like, if you want to end in pregnancy bad enough, you'll find a way. But for all the reasons you said, like, the clock is ticking and, like, life happens and – then you're in your second trimester and that's a different situation. And yeah. It, it, I mean, it's the point, right? Which is so, it's just so messed up that we, you know, again, one judge. And then let's say that there's somebody at the FDA who's pro-life, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, actually, we're going to go for this really different, you know, it's just up to so many people. Like we have no control over the opinions of, truly a few men and yeah. like think you know thankfully we have one cool guy in right. washington Our who's King, like bob ferguson exactly but it's like it's just it's just so messed up of like the state of of the world and then also yeah like are you gonna want to send your teen daughter to school in texas if that's the reality or like it kind of doesn't even matter because it's all over but it's like what is the right, you know, what yeah. is the counter? You know, we want just a bunch of kids that no one can take care of. Like, yeah, I've been reading articles that are like, it's okay. We can definitely do misoprostol only. It's it's what they do in you know poorer countries that don't have access. And I'm like, that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> that's not like don't don't worry. We can just be like another developing nation that doesn't have access to the to the not even like most cutting edge science. This has been on the market for 23 years. It treats other things. And yeah, I think. That's a really important point you raised, Millie, is that, you know, it reminds me of the vaccine and people like women freak out about their fertilities. People were nervous about the vaccines. You can imagine you're hearing this ambient thing about the FDA approval too fast. A judge says, and it's like, you actually, this case especially, you have to pay really close attention Mm -hmm. to understand specifically what this judge said. Like he didn't even ban it. Like he's basically got rid of this approval. My understanding is that like, can't the FDA just sort of like hustle to to reapprove it? Like, yeah, there's just there's just so much here, and hopefully Friday and the you know the administration will have some answers. But really, the most dramatic thing to happen since Dobbs, you know, by far. And I'm not really seeing the political system sort of react that way. I think there's just so much fatigue around this, and this is such a complicated um, case that yeah, it just feels terrible. Yeah, it weirdly okay. So one of my personal TikTok rabbit holes is like uh, this one lady who will like tell you about the life of some historical royal mm-hmm. woman, and a recent one that I watched was about this woman who was like a granddaughter of Queen Victoria, and when she gave birth, she had this like crazy painful birth because her weird uncle was like he didn't. I guess women used to use chloroform at that mm-hmm. time, which is like, <laughs> as, uh, whatever, but Wait, they would for chloroform. For specifically? Okay, For the it. pain, they'd All chloroform right. oh, you. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I know. But anyway, she wasn't allowed to use it because her weird uncle in the court she had married into was like, it is a woman's duty to feel the pain of Eve. Mm-hmm. And then um, Queen Victoria stepped in and was like, you will chloroform her next time, which yeah. is, <laughs> it just reminds me again of like Pop literally Ferguson these people. Are- Being like, you should feel the pain of Eve. Like, you will not, like, you will not be accessible to this. Yeah, right. and of course they, of course they can say that they don't have to fucking go through that. You know what I mean? And it exactly. should matter. Like, I don't know if this fucker has a daughter, but it's like you live in this society too, Matthew. Like, ugh.
We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Well, this this could ultimately come to another court that we have some issues with. And for a very specific reason this week, I mean, this is the Sup Bravo spinoff. I didn't know that we needed. It is mm-hmm. below deck ethical nightmare on the federal judiciary edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I have spent my whole weekend just imagining <laughs> Clarence Thomas and Ginny Thomas like, what's their preference sheet? If you watch below deck on Bravo, uh, you will appreciate that reference. But last week amid there were so many last week is crazy. There were so many unprecedented headlines. I can't believe last week was the week Trump got arrested. And that was like the third most big thing by the end. But ProPublica published a report into how conservative Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has benefit from a very cozy relationship with a Republican billionaire while continually failing to disclose the relationships and certain gifts. The Supreme Court has very few guidelines for itself, but even the few like reporting guidelines it has, Thomas ignored. You're supposed to talk about like just those gifts over like $415. It sure looks like this man got millions of dollars of gifts, specifically like these vacations altogether. This is millions of dollars of luxury vacations. So most ProPublica reports are very long and tedious and hard to get through, as important as they are. This one is not. You should definitely read it. It's pretty quick. I listened to it. Listen to a man yeah, say it to me. Do, you yeah, you can do for the 20 listen minutes. option. Um, and, and it's definitely worth it. And there is so much color in there that is just uh, delightful. The reporting comes, as well as disturbing, of course, the reporting comes from flight records, super yacht staff, and an Indonesian scuba diving instructor, among, <laughs> among other sources who are happy to go off on Clarence. So Clarence Thomas has specifically cashed in on a relationship with real estate magnate and Republican mega donor, this guy Harlan Crow. Of course, that's his name. This guy hates taxes. He's he's greatest hits of like a pro business, but also definitely probably bigoted, uh, but loves to cloak that in his support of Clarence Thomas. I mean, is type his of uncle Jim? I mean, Jim. it might be because he collects Nazi memorabilia. Yes, so the Nazi napkins. Yeah. Yes, he the collects Nazi, Nazi memorabilia. So oh, I'm like, this God. man's uncle, uh, grandpa's uncle name is Jim. Jim. Damn, damn. Justice Thomas has gone on multiple luxury yacht trips worth millions of dollars. That's the real kind of um, the real plot point of this story with all expenses played by Crow. Among other destinations, the two frequented together on Crow's dime are the Bohemian Grove, which is I hate this phrase, <laughs> an exclusive California all male retreat. Oh my God. I, that's what, another what, one. What, what's the first vision your mind evokes when you hear the words all male retreat? Can I tell you it wasn't a vision? It was <laughs> it was a smell. And I was like, I know it smells crazy in there. Mm, You're talking crazy. about men. It smells disgusting. No women. <laughs> smells nasty. It smells rough. It smells like, yeah. It smells like when you're canvassing and you've knocked on the door of an old man who hasn't had a visitor for, for many, many years. But, they're not oh. opening windows. They're not lighting candles. They're, they're just not taking, washing their butts. They're not, they're not doing washing it. their asses. Jenny's not there to tell you. Uh, there is also like an East Texas ranch that comes a lot. And this guy, Harlan Crow's resort in the Adirondacks where the Thomases appear to spend a free week every summer. So it's not like an occasional trip. It is every year, multiple trips over multiple decades. 
you know, members of Congress and their staff, they can't accept gifts over $50 without pre-approval. Like if I go out to drinks with somebody who like works in Congress, like they, I can't really pay for them. And they're very serious about it. They can go on some all expense paid trips, congressmen. And sometimes you see that, like they go on a trip and it was subsidized by this and it's kind of weird, but you can get those approved, but they do need to be approved. Thomas didn't do, do any of this. He got a lot of gifts in addition to the trips, including a $19,000 Bible that belonged to Frederick. Douglas. He uh, Crow also commissioned a portrait of Thomas and his wife (laughs) and then separately donate a hundred thousand dollars to Yale Law School, not just for like law school, not for like scholarships for marginalized kids or anything, but for the Justice Thomas Portrait Fund. This seems to be a I mean, feeding his ego seems to be a good strategy because the the piece also notes that Clarence Thomas once thanked yacht staff with a signed copy of his memoir because Crow was like, "No tips, it's it's all on me." So the the detail here Yuck. is like this man has been living a life of luxury mm-hmm. with Ginny for two decades in what is just like the most ethical disaster you can imagine. But who's surprised? No, I mean, I'm certainly not surprised. It's just, it's really crazy to me the degree to which the Supreme Court and all of our courts in particular are just set up on the idea of like, well, a judge would never do something bad. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that there's no recourse for if they do, like to impeach a Supreme Court justice, you have to meet the same threshold of impeaching a president, which you have is to get, which, which we know is impossible in our current situation. I think, I mean, AOC, Millie was sending through in our group chat, like AOC has already called for it, and I think they should fucking absolutely. Try. This is crazy, because, absolutely. Yeah. Because not only did he accept these gifts, the most important part is not just that he got in to go on nice vacations. It's the people he was hanging out with while Mm -hmm. he was there, which is people who benefit tremendously from the decisions that he is making. And it's just like, you know, the Supreme Court is an unelected uh, group of people who have tremendous Lifetime appointments. There's no electoral opportunity to get them out. And they have tremendous influence on what's happening in this country. So if you're fucking, you know, which the clip that I sent you of AOC saying like, they were friends for, they've been friends for 25 years and Clarence Thomas has been serving for 30. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean? That means that he literally is his friend because of this job. I think it's just so sick. It's gross. And it's also like, God, Clarence Thomas is so swaggerless. I mean, okay, <laughs> Super yeah, I get it, right? I'd fucking do the same thing. You're telling me you want me to have a vacation in the Adirondack <laughs> lane? Then also, like, dog, get some sneakers or some fucking outfits or something, but you're getting a, a, an expensive-ass portrait or a $19,000 Bible? Like, how whack do you have to be? Like, at least Martin Shkreli got some fucking rare Wu-Tang. Like, I'm just like, what is wrong with these people? Squandering. They're, like, you could get anything in the world yeah. from this weird-ass racist guy, and you're going to get an expensive Bible. Lame, 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 lame. And he wears the, like, Yacht Trip 2007 shirt that he got in 2007 constantly. And that that's, like, how they got some of the proof for this. It's like, well, he does wear the shirt. It's like, just buy a new shirt, Thomas. No, he's it's- an asshole. It's unbelievable. Like we need to, I mean, we need to not only pack the court, but we need to institute term limits on Supreme Court justices, this lifetime appointment thing. That's Mm got to go. That's a relic of like ancient times at this point. Like that's got to go. Make it 20 years. There also Mm -hmm. needs to be a way to force recusals in certain things. I mean, we've already seen how corrupt he is and that his wife was involved in January 6th in the orchestration of the rally and the aftermath of the whatever. And there's no, uh, all of these rules are predicated on the idea that justices or someone who's going to become a judge is such a good and honorable person that he would just, of course, step aside of his own volition if he was uh, compromised in any way. And of course, that's not the fucking case. And it's just, it, the fact that he's broken the law should be enough to be like, okay, well, 
we should pursue legal action against him and then he should no longer be a judge. But the mm-hmm. only way to remove him as a judge is for him to meet the same standard of remove as removing a fucking president. And it's like, the Republic, like, first of all, if somebody buys you dinner and then they ask you for, just buys you a sandwich and they ask you for a favor, I'd fucking consider it. Right, right. If someone's sending me a million dollar super yachts, like I'm going to letting you take their private jet whenever you need. There's no way that I'm not beholden to them, you know, one. And then two, it's like, yeah, Republic with and especially with Republicans and House and what like the two thirds shit. We're never going to impeach this guy. But I feel like we should get caught trying. Yeah. But look, read the article and look at the pictures. The visual cues are, are incredible. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and a of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. Finally today, we'll do a quick Ermen OK carrying over from last week. Not me. Goat's milk latte drinking. M&M's will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is Avoc- unappealing. Avocado toast eating insiders only. That does not lend credibility to your argument. It makes you look mean. So have you all seen these videos of men shooting up cans of Bud Light? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the one of Kid Rock. Yes, yes. This is their newest target. One of these men is, of course, Kid Rock, who posted a video of himself shooting up six packs by a lake wearing a white MAGA hat, shouting, fuck Bud Light, fuck Anheuser-Busch. Why are they doing this? So Dylan Mulvaney is a trans woman, and she's also an influencer. She's a very big influencer. She has a lot of huge partnerships, and she really documents um, just her femininity and uh, her journey. And she posted a video on Instagram, maybe TikTok too, just promoting Bud Light as part of a sponsored brand partnership like they definitely paid her for this and um yeah they these men lost their whole damn mind there were people on fox news uh throwing that were raging about it just bars bars getting rid of of bud light they spent their own money on that i'm sure people would have happily ordered um the country music star travis tritt says that he will not bring it on his tour which is a devastation to us all i've never heard every time every time and it, every time, but even even something that is so beloved to them as Bud Light and also Anheuser-Busch, they own like most beer brands. So I yeah. don't know what kind of beer they're going to drink unless they're going to get like, I feel like these guys, these guys don't like like your brewery IPA. Yeah, well, those are nasty. So no, <laughs> <laughs> those taste like hops on ass, <laughs> but no. But Snap Crackle Pop loves them. Yeah, well. 
Like, well, he's not allowed to at any bars <laughs> by my house anymore. What I was going to say is that this controversy really informed me that like, actually Bud Light ha- is like really popular in gay clubs because of like, it's just a, or there was like a backlash against Coors Light because they did some mm-hmm. kind of homophobic thing. Yeah. So, and then also um, when we're talking about like these guys are doing Kid Rock my, was my favorite because he literally got an A was that an AR15 I don't know anything about guns. I am he one got of like them. an an AR some shit or whatever AK for whatever the fuck yeah. and just shot like multiple cases <laughs> of Bud Light which that is he cool. purchased. He didn't that just he purchase. Have those. He definitely supported the company in order to do that that little <laughs> Bit. Which which is like eighty dollars worth of Bud Light at least, which was like eight hundred cans. <laughs> but like, I also feel like this is a side note, but the white MAGA hat of it all. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, the point is for you <laughs> yeah. to wear the hate symbol and for everyone to right, see right. that you're wearing it. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of chicken shit to me to get a hat that subtly says MAGA because yeah. I didn't even like, notice that he was wearing it. It's like, wear, wear it with your whole chest, dude. Absolutely. It's a red hat. It's ruined red hats in general. No. Now, anytime I see no. someone with a red hat on, no. I'm like, what's going on? It's like when people the red, wear the red ones that like are like, make America kind again. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. I I'm not trying to reclaim. It's not going to happen. No. Red hats no. are can't, like, sorry, if you're white, you definitely can't wear a red hat. And if you're not white, I don't want to see any remix of the fucking no. MAGA hat for anybody. Make anything great again. Nothing. I don't no. want anything to be great again. Everything was shit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> also, like, capitalism is still capitalism, right? And most people are not even going to see this. So imagine being like the bartender somewhere. And someone's like, can I get a Bud Light? It's like, oh, we don't have it tonight. And it's like, what? Why? And then having to explain it. <laughs> yeah. And being like, okay, so. On TikTok, there is a trans woman who does stuff and it makes everybody mad. It's uh, like to Millie's point, it just makes me laugh that like I saw so many tweets that were like, Bud Light clearly doesn't understand who drinks it. And I'm like, no, Bud Light has all of the data in the world about who drinks it. Bud Light understands to a T who drinks it. You just have weird assumptions based on nothing about who drinks it because the other thing is like Dylan Mulvaney in particular, people get so crazy about any fucking thing she does, any partnership that she does. She's doing one with Nike for like athleisure and people are mad about it. So any brand that is deciding to work with Dylan Mulvaney is crunching the numbers on like the outrage that's obviously going to come versus the publicity versus this and that. And it seems like every single time it's coming out as we should do this paid partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. So the people who are mad are the ones who are lacking important data, clearly. Right. And they know what we know, which is that Bud Light, as long as it's at the bottom of the menu as the cheapest beer, you're going to have lots of people order it. And that's the math that they know. And yeah, exactly. There's the people most they know that most people either aren't going to clock this or not going to care or are going to feel positively about it. Well, it's also right, like for all the, the controversy that Dylan Mulvaney brings, there's millions of people who are obsessed with everything that she's doing. And then exactly. also like Bud Light does know their demographic and they wanna and they wanna be there for more people. <laughs> they right. want everyone to drink it, not just the five people who somebody said they don't want people who are going to die in 10 years. They want everybody to drink it, <laughs> which is like, yeah. So uh, they crunch the numbers. Exactly. They know who their audience is and they want a new one and they want to be the, the iconic brand right, in right. all categories. Bud Light, Bud Light will be okay. As for these men, I don't think so. Survey not says okay. not okay. Not okay. Men are not okay. That is our show. Please remember to rate and review if you love the show. It really helps us out. It helps more people find us. Um, it makes sure that we can keep doing what we're doing and do even more. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. 
The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at Betches.com. Betches.